and welcome to Dinner Table Talks. My name is Joe Hilliard, and sitting across literally the dinner table with me is my lovely partner, Ace Lynn Campbell. So pull up your virtual chair, get comfortable. Everything is on limits. On the table? Well said. <laughs> Everything is on the table. I loved last week's episode. I thought it was so much fun. I did too. I listened to it twice myself. I was entertained by listening to myself talk <laughs> that much. <laughs> I mean, not that that would surprise any of the listeners that we get entertained by listening to ourselves talk. Just a few minutes before we recorded, you posted a meme that I want to ask you about. Oh, that's a great idea. It's a pie chart, and the majority of the pie chart is one color, and a tiny sliver is another color, and it says, the chance that I won't say the F word today. Uh-huh. The majority of the graph is none, and then the little sliver is also none, but a different color. Right. <laughs> the notion of bad words has never made sense to me, ever. There's a lot of things that we do that don't make sense to me, and, and we don't have to go into all of those, but... We shouldn't. <laughs> we'd be here all day. It's been coming up more lately, I think, because... Most of the coaches that I follow, not all of them, but most of them, which is probably a part of me aligning with someone that would choose to use this type of language, mm -hmm. but most of them use that word, the word we bleep out on here, which I think is funny because it's me saying it. All of you guys know that I use the word a lot every day, mm -hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. But my thoughts are, as we begin to see more conversations about what words are appropriate to use because now we're talking about all kinds of words. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, not just that word and not just cuss words, words that have labeled people. I feel like we're in this space where we're having to liberate the word f that's so immature. Okay it's so immature. If duck is okay and fudge is okay, then a re-scrambling of the letters I just used and calling those bad means that the whole system is bad. Right. It has to, to do with the value of word. Like, is that a good enough word? And intelligence or the idea that I'm more intelligent, it's just an opportunity to judge someone. Oh, that's because it. Because if you use the word f that then I it. can judge you. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. You and are this a subpar being to me who yeah. has determined that yeah. that's particular yeah. word yeah. that I would never say on yeah. the show. And no, thank you. No, thank you. My worth is equal to yours and yours to mine. Makes me a better person. Right. My chastity exactly. against this list yeah. that is man-made and shifts and, and changes over time. Right. Language is so interesting because it's not just about a dictionary. Because I think the F word's in the dictionary. It should be. It's a word. It is in the dictionary. All words have equal value and they're just assigned values. Right. And, and yeah. And the so value of what the definition of it the word is. It gives you another thing to judge someone by. To call, some, to call to one of them. To label someone Yeah. By. To call one of them bad yeah. is this stupid man-made conceit. Yeah. And it, it, it's this weird concept that we're like liberating value and judgment. Mm -hmm. Just like everything else. I'm free to choose. It's been interesting as an evolution on the show because I don't think we ever had a hard conversation about we were going to be a quote-unquote explicit podcast or not. Whenever I upload the podcast and do all the settings mm -hmm. and the checks, mm -hmm. one of them is explicit, mm -hmm. and I can slide it over, and when you see our podcast, it would say that this episode is explicit. Now, what would be explicit? Because we're talking about eggplants 
And in 2020s, the eggplant became a synonym for the male genitalia. I mean, we're assigning value to words constantly shifting. So I said to myself, when I made the choice to not click explicit, the very first time one of us said the F word, Mm -hmm. was there are no explicit words that have been said. Right. So therefore, I cannot say that this is explicit. Right. Now, if you've got children in the car, you may have a completely different thought process. Actually, which it's why we bleep it. Because... If you have children in the car and that's not something... We don't bleep shit. Uh, You're right. Why do we bleep it then? There are no explicit words. Then why do we bleep it? It's because it's fun now. And if I can't speak my truth the way I would speak it as if you were truly sitting at my dinner table, then this isn't the podcast for you. And I love you. And it's exactly what I said today about the meme that you brought up. Mm -hmm. And that is, I love you. And I'm not kidding. I do. But if this meme or this post offends you, it was nice talking to you. You can leave. It's about you, not me. I don't care. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean anything to me. As a matter of fact, it feels alive and joyful to be liberating a f***ing word. I enjoy throwing you a curveball. You didn't know we were going to talk about that. I know, right? Because right here on my notes, it says that we were going to talk about mosquitoes. Do you still want to talk about mosquitoes? Well, I'll tell you they're the only f***ing thing anybody wants to talk about. Let's push it off, though. You want to take a walk down memory lane? I like to walk. One year ago, (laughs) the episode was 1.40, and it is a fantastic standalone episode. Anyone can go back to 1.40 and get a very big, food-filled, opinion-filled episode. Okay, so 1.40... For those of you that are just now catching up, is season one, week 40. Right. Basically. One year ago today. Okay. So what's, what are we now? 2.40. Oh. <laughs> when, okay. This, so... is, this is episode 2.40. Right. A year ago was episode 1.40. This is fun for those the of you The experiment was to discuss seasonality. <laughs> yes, exactly. You with me? Yes. <laughs> and if you go back to this episode, it was filled with food and opinion. <laughs> I'm so glad you're explaining this to me again. Because we talk about... I was starting to lose sight on what the last season episode section of the episode was about. Okay, I'll, so I'll continue. you're helping me and the guests that are not following along. There are 12 episodes left on. in this season. I know. Before we get to the end of this season, we will have reached 100 episodes because there are 52 weeks in a year, (laughs) y'all. A year ago, we gave our thoughts about the Black Lives Matter, the George Floyd that was going on right around now, a year ago today. We talked about This is interesting, actually, because it is interesting to see the journal of the past year. We talked about the urbanization of Austin and Portland and how they have shifted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and and you know what? Some of my friends from Portland that are here and we've been talking to, they're like, man, Portland is in bad shape right Mm -hmm. now. It's interesting. In Austin, we talked about South by Southwest and how your feelings have shifted through the years. But food-wise, we made a Salisbury steak. We did cold cucumber dill soup. Talking, we can make that now. We can make that now. The cucumbers are in. Oh yes, 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 yes. I wonder if I could get that local restaurant. I know the owner. Which restaurant? It's uh, Sugar Bakers. Oh, they'll. I don't. hmm. 
but I don't think that they'll give it to you because those are proprietary things. If you can make this recipe at home, why would you come to my restaurant to eat it? It would be, I think, the general... Well, I'm just going to keep working on it okay, until I do make it. it. You said these words. It is black-eyed pea season, and I made my first pot of black-eyed peas for the year. It's time to harvest black-eyed peas. Like, Are they up like and out? When I go to the garden the next time, I will be harvesting... I actually planted purple whole peas this year. I planted some black-eyed peas, too. It's time for that. Yep. All of this stuff is exactly where we are right now. And then we also made poblano soup, trying to copycat one of our favorite restaurant recipes in town. Yeah, and we're definitely into the poblano season. I, I just harvested some beautiful Anaheims that I'm hoping that will turn into in the future because this Anaheim plant is about to start making me a bunch of them. And Anaheims are what you use to make the chile relleno. So I want to do that, and then we can make the poblano soup also because I'm, I've got a good poblano plant. Okay. I was kind of holing up all of those peppers for this event we're going to talk about in a minute. Last night I found myself in a very odd position. <laughs> I, I probably should have warned before you. before <laughs> that, it was time to think about dinner, and I pulled grain-free pizza crusts out of the freezer, Uh-huh. a prepared tomato sauce out of my refrigerator, a prepared herb pesto-y sauce, a container of goat cheese, and I didn't have to prepare any of it. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up with the spoils, if you will, and of course we would, right, from the farm-to-table dinner that we put on the second one, the second mm -hmm. version of at Freedom Harvest Farms. And of course, I had mentioned in the past episodes that we were going to be doing a pizza party. Yeah. And so, so we had our pizza party. Exactly. The chef had given us the last two pizza doughs that he had made. Right. Yucca, or some folks may call it cassava. It's basically the same root. And it can be made into a lot of people that do paleo diets or grain-free diets can use this to make pizza crust. And uh, it's really, really good. I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack here. But before I do, and I am not bull-essing you, mm -hmm. I'm not buttering you up. My job there as a co-host is to help. I'm bussing tables. I'm taking photos, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, taking photos is important, and I, I'd like to maybe get to the point where you don't have to do that the entire time. I'm not complaining. But she, 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 I, I also... I asked if I could interrupt, and you're not letting me. Mm. I want to compliment you. Hmm? You have created two now. I'm trying to say that as an observer, mm -hmm. trying to put on my objective hat, mm -hmm. these are things that I would quickly buy a ticket to. And that's yeah. the best compliment that I can give you. Yeah. Now, I can tell that you're bursting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. The floor is yours. We've now gone through two, and I launched the third one this morning, and it already sold out. It sold out within, like, the hour. Like, it was sold out before I even put the link out. What, in that, what in it, that, I just sent it to the people that had already told me they wanted it, and then they purchased immediately. What exactly does that tell you? That it's what people want. I think it also is saying that I am drawing people in to this life and not just drawing them in in a way that's like, oh, I have this thing, you can come buy it. But I'm living this life and I'd like to invite you into it. There's a value to that. When you go to the ticket purchase website, it says farm to table experience. Mm -hmm. And I believe there are so few of those where we live. That, of course, there's a high demand for them. Yeah, and I expect it to increase. I expect that some farmers that have been out there kind of doing some things but hadn't really, you know, kicked anything off. And I think that people are finally beginning to figure out what the actual market in our area is in terms of food. Mm -hmm. What do people actually want to buy? Right. Okay. 
they're not buying loads of vegetables from the farmer's market. They're just not. I often tell people, you as a vendor can't go there expecting that that's the place where you're going to make the most money, especially when you're a farmer, which is funny because that's all everybody wants at the markets is lots of farmers, but then they don't actually buy farm product. They buy all the other things that are made with the farm product mm -hmm. or made by local makers. Because the truth of the matter is when it comes down to it, people like the idea of the farmer's market. They want to have access to it. They understand that they need to have access to it if they want to ever have it. But what they want is someone to cook it for them. I can tell they don't, you. They want it to be convenient. They I, want it to be easy. I want to defend the farmer's market shoppers that are treating it like a grocery store, though. Because that is what I do on Wednesday sure. nights. And I can tell you that there is a market for that. It's not enough to keep the farmers in our area in no, business. No, I think that the farmers know that they have a ceiling of amount of product that makes sense to take because that's all that's going to be sold. That's where we go down a rabbit hole. Maybe we don't want right. to Right. Well, and so then we start having to look at different ways. And so part of the deal with these farm-to-table dinners is, is that there's an entertainment element to it on top of delicious food, on top of... Aesthetic. Aesthetic, exactly. All things that are a part of what makes the experience what it is. I have a suggestion. And so that makes people begin to look at the, the whole marketplace differently. And I, as I circle back to why we sell out so quick, it's because we ultimately haven't maxed out the marketplace yet. Yeah. What I'm doing, and this is what I have done and will continue to do, is increasing the market value of the product that local growers in our community grow. And part of that is by putting on an event that you can sell out within an hour of launching it. Yeah. That helps the entire marketplace. And that's very, very important to me in my endeavors in this world that I've been in for the last two decades. There are four top tables and an open air kitchen where the chef is working seven, eight, nine, ten feet away from you. If I had purchased a ticket to the event... I would not be able to stay in my chair. I would want to be around the chef because you say at the beginning, this is interactive. Yeah, ask come ask up questions, here. come up. Come look. I, that's where I would be. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking about how these are an extension of how we cook and prepare a nightly farm to table experience in yeah. our own home. We're inviting you to the dinner table, really. Yeah, right, exactly. And the future is, is that the future is I would really like there to be a, a monthly in-person dinner table talk. And I oh. believe that will happen oh. when we get out there. When we there, get out there. And because then our equipment the and everything will be out there and we'll set up our... That's... We haven't talked about that. That yeah. sounds great. So hosting the dinner table talk live and in person. I think the chef, the only thing he had pre-prepared were the crusts. He pre-prepared the crusts, the ice cream... Of course. And... That's it. Yeah, you're right. right. So at the beginning, he's like, I'm going to be making the sauce right now. I'm going to be making the pesto right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to prepare the vegetables as much as I intend on preparing them right now. And he's right. doing it right in front right. of you. And I asked him a couple questions about what's now, what did you put in this? Because mm -hmm. he had grilled the tomatoes on the flat top before mm -hmm. he stuck them in the mm -hmm. pot to make the sauce. This time... And part of it is because it's summer vegetables and summer vegetables are different than winter vegetables. In winter vegetables, it's a lot of leafy greens. Summer vegetables, it's the fruits. And that's where we are now. We're transitioning to the fruits. Right. When that's the case, you actually move those vegetables differently. So I literally stacked up a produce pantry for the chef of... It was gorgeous. The most beautiful varieties of cherry... Plum, beefsteak, tomatoes, all the different sizes of tomatoes from several different farmers in town. 
Peppers, oh my God, the beauty of the peppers. Every type of pepper you can imagine from several of the farmers of our area. Cucumbers, eggplants, all the same. All this, I mean, onions and oof, the, all the, the rainbow. All the different colored onions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The right. rainbow, the rainbow of colors. This is a real, real deal. And so then he had the ability to pull all of that fresh good stuff together. But then also in the backpack there is a big old full pot of pizza sauce a brewing and then of course the herbs is everybody knows it's basil and oregano we've got so much of that good stuff and part of the things i like to talk about often is if you go back to where these dishes came from originally they're gonna have come from seasonality this is what we have to eat this is what we have to use and so we've got to figure out ways to cook this and of course some places like the Mediterranean grew the tropical fruits better, like tomatoes and eggplants and olives and all of those beautiful things better. And some of the areas grew the potatoes and the lettuce and the cabbage and all of those things better. So and if, if you I go tried to, to grow cabbage over here, I just can't succeed the way that you can over there. Right. But, but if you look at traditional ethnic cuisines, you see seasonality in there. You see what they can grow in their particular areas. You also see climate is. Yeah. You also see an evolution from sustenance to art. Oh, God. That's one of the things that I bring up at this farm. First thing dinners. we have to do is just survive. Right. And once we figure out how to cook a potato basically so that we can eat it and survive, what else can we do with this potato? You know what? That's that's exactly what I've come to this week. That's been my like pinnacle moment. It keeps coming up in my world. And it is this idea that we are now elevating food. We, we are evolving a consciousness. I've talked about this before, but we are evolving as a consciousness that can now go from just going, yep, it's food to... It's gorgeous and I can turn it into art. And not only that, but I'm not just eating food. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. I looked down that beautiful room after having served that ice cream and all those delicious toppings. And I, (laughs) there was a moment where that room was vibrating so bright. Everybody in that room was vibrating so high and so joyfully as they literally like They were ascending into joy. It was just like a God moment, right? Over ice cream, if you think about it. And and think about it, being a child and getting to dig into ice cream, you know? They had an experience. They had an experience. (laughs) I'm not even, listen, I'm not even selling tickets, y'all. Not today, anyway. (laughs) He started with a summer garden salad. Now, a couple weeks ago, and I didn't even really figure it out until just this week. Uh Uh-huh. When it's lettuce season, we'll have a salad every day. Right. When it's not lettuce season, we still need to have a salad every day. Fresh, Uh raw vegetables presented in a delicious way to eat. That's what a salad is, right? Yep. Yep. Well, he did it last night Uh and it blew my mind. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. The first time I made it, it was tomatoes, onions, and cucumbers with a vinaigrette that I made. Right. What all did he put raw into that salad last night? Green beans were able to be used and corn was able to be used mm-hmm. and things you you might never think about for, say, a salad. He diced up squash, he diced up, but it was all raw. Oh, yeah. that Well, that's not true. It wasn't all raw. He roasted the peppers and he roasted the corn because he wanted to add a little bit of sweetness into it. Oh, the ro- yeah. He explained the roasting will cut mm-hmm. down any heat if it needs to be cut down a little bit and draw out the sugars. With a simple oil vinaigrette that he made with mustard. Mm-hmm. 
what a simple idea. Mm -hmm. But because I had handcuffed myself to tomatoes, cucumbers, and onions, just like Aislinn's grandmother. Well, last night when we were making a duplication of the whole thing with all Mm -hmm. of our beautiful leftovers, I added peppers. But you didn't cook the peppers and it did make a difference. The peppers would I will have do been, that next time. The peppers will be better. Would have been better because going back been... to it, we need to have a salad every day. And you mentioned that your grandmother mm-hmm. would just keep in the refrigerator a cucumber tomato salad. Uh-huh. Well, now the sky is the limit. There's so many of these beautiful summer vegetables we can just chop up and put in there as well. Right, but I mean, if you think about it, you're like it's interesting to me that it's so far out to have salads made with different things besides lettuce <laughs> because i mean no i'm talking about coleslaw, I, I, no i'm talking right? about the evolution of the cucumber tomato salad because i made the menus for you you asked me to help you with that and you said call it a cucumber tomato salad that's not what it was at all it's what it was exactly <laughs> it was a, it, so when it i got a cucumber tomato salad experience exactly so the experience that i created when i did it again you do it was that leftover array of all those colorful tomatoes, choosing one or two of each different variety just to make it pretty. Red onion, white onion, and all the cucumbers I could find there. But then I added peppers. Right, right, yeah. And I did some grilling to put some toppings on the pizza. I could have easily put those peppers on. I didn't even think about it. Well, You're I mean, right. I think there's just some vegetables that are really often better when they're a little bit roasted. Mm-hmm. Like you can do the green beans, you can do the tomatoes, you can do the onions, especially sweet onions or red onions. You can do the cucumbers, of course. Those are all actually better raw. You might even put in like broccoli if you still have it because we still have a little bit of that or cauliflower if you still have it. You can definitely like blanch or lightly roast some things to add into salads. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, it's just enhancing your salads. And part of it is there is a convenience factor to it. So like as we're talking to folks, we're saying if you've got cucumber, tomatoes, and onions... Make yourself a cucumber, tomato, onion salad. Just like in the summertime, you've got a ton of lettuce and only carrots. Just cut lettuce and carrots up and put some raw vegetables on the plate. So it's only as complicated as you as you choose to make it. You don't always have to make it that way, but it's kind of fun. And here in our house, we're so loaded up with vegetables yep. that we just have to use it all. And so we're just coming up with all the different ways that we can bring it all together. Yeah, Hunter was in town this weekend. I made bacon cheeseburgers for us all. But, oh my God. But I also so did good. some really thinly sliced squash. I had the grill going already. I put the squash on a grill mm-hmm. and then that just made a put difference. it on the burger. It was good. It was good. Speaking of burgers, by the way, the sold out event that sold out today, mm-hmm. it's a five-star burger bounty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You doing lamb or beef? I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the chef to weigh in and make a decision on how he wants to I'm do so it. I'm so glad you said that. You have the ingredients, right? You could do, you do this in your home. Then you come up with the concept, tonight it's burger night. Mm-hmm. Then, like I already said, watching the chef's technique. Mm-hmm. His knife skills in cutting up an onion... As many onions as I cut up, I cut up an onion a night, mm-hmm. yeah. minimally. Yeah. Think about the time I could take out of my kitchen if I could go through the onion the way mm-hmm. that he does. Mm-hmm. And I'm committing myself right now to elevating our experience here at the house by refining, honing, no pun intended, some knife technique and other technique. I was asking him questions all night long. It was such a thrill. I'd like to have some farm events in the fall, which would be a full day of activities and see if I can get him involved in a farm event where his main thing isn't cooking the whole meal, but just teaching some knife skills. So you listening and me together, let's hone 
and ascend our kitchen skills. Probably hear a little bit more of that as we go. That sounds good. <laughs> then he made delicious pizzas. He absolutely did. He took that delicious sauce that he had been making that he started out with right at the beginning and the herb sauce as well. And he had roasted eggplants, tomatoes, all the peppers, all the things that Joe had mentioned earlier. And then he just has this setup where he can put all different kinds of things on the pizza. Play a little bit. Yeah. Some of them were red. Some of them were green. Right. Depending on he which sauce. He basically just made Some pizzas. were a mixture. Yeah. That none, I don't think any of them were really exactly the same. He had roasted cucumbers on there. I mean, I, I've never considered roasting a cucumber before. Mm -hmm. It was delicious. He had, of course, a bunch of peppers and onions and all that good stuff. Layering all that. And then after he did that, he put on the dairy, the soft cheese, basically, that he got. we had gotten from Canali Dairy Farm, which was super fun. Did I even tell you guys the story about my trip out there? No, I haven't heard it. Oh, I should tell it. It was a really good story. They have built this amazing little deck right outside the place where they milk the cows. Uh -huh. They process the milk, they pasteurize the milk, they make the cheese, they make yogurt, all this stuff. But right after we made that decision to do ice cream, they said, yeah, we're going to be able to get milk as well. So then he called me and he was like, okay, I did another experiment. We tried something out. And, you know, of course, an experiment when you're on a large scale, even if it's a small farm, it's small farm, large scale processing of milk, 800 gallons of that's, yogurt. That's the small experiment? Yeah. Wow. 800 gallons of yogurt. Oh, that's what's and in I've the quart sell... jars in the fridge. Exactly. We've been using that. Yeah. It's really Well, good. it's not. They're not jars. This is even a cool story. Yeah, it's the they're, cartons. They're, they're those cardboard cartons like you used to get at school when you were a kid. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. I like them. He told me he could actually put my face on the side of it if I ever went missing. <laughs> Don't, go miss. kind of Don't go funny. missing. That was kind of funny. So, so I, I drove the dairy, out there. That was the cheese for the pizza. And then, of course, the yogurt and the milk for the ice cream. You know how in the commercials about milk, they show you this big, green, shiny pasture yeah. and there's right. yellow flowers and like, and no, if it's a milk, then it's like a beautiful black and white cow with a uh -huh. little baby right beside it and the sun is shining. Well, I literally went to the real place like that. Yeah. Not the fake place where they're just creating a picture in cartoons or in Where the like, picture on the milk carton looks much different than the actual right. treatment of the, the animals actual or way, the actual not, not even just, yeah, it's not even just the treatment of the animals. It's like where you're actually, the milking is happening and where all of that stuff is happening. It's just like this industrial space. It's not some... They're creating a deck. They've got a store. Yeah. They're creating an experience out there. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm sitting on the deck mm -hmm. waiting for them to get there. And I'm liter I am literally looking across a green field, yellow flowers, the sun shining, the sky blue, mama cow. They're so beautiful. I love them. <laughs> what episode is that that we were in? Well, the episode that you went out to the cannoli dairy farm and talk about it at length, which was a fun episode, is season two, episode three. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So that's this year's season... The third episode. <laughs> 
Anyways, you could go back and listen to that where I just love on them. But for real, if you guys live in our area, you should go out there and check out the space and buy some awesome stuff from them as well. So yeah, the cheese from them went on the pizzas and it was a little non-traditional that way because the kind of cheese that they're currently making is like a queso fresco. So it's not like the way mozzarella just melts across your pizza. That was a little bit different, but that's a part of the local experience, which actually leads us pretty easily over into the ice cream story that I've been telling you this whole entire time. Do tell. Okay, the ice cream thing was kind of a deal too because when I originally came up with the concept, I had suggested that we would have strawberries and peaches so we could just make some good old-fashioned strawberry ice cream, peach ice cream. And that was going to be super simple. And we hadn't made the dessert in the past. Like the last month before, the dessert wasn't that big of a deal the salad and the entree and the appetizer were a big deal. But this one, I was thinking, yeah, the dessert really needs to be something shiny, right? As we got closer to the date that the chef was going to need the products in order to make the ice cream, there wasn't any fruit that I could find. But I had noticed that our apple tree looked like it was about ready. So I talked to my mom about it. We're going to have apple ice cream. And not to say that apple ice cream is bad, but it's just not the thing you would think of, right? Right. But like I said, I wanted it to be a little shinier. I wanted it to be an experience, right? Experience. So I harvested those apples. And my mom came up with this idea of doing apple preserves. And she's like, then it's like putting a topping on top. And I was like, okay, a topping is a good idea. And then I said, oh, this is what we should do. We should do a topping bar. And the chef had already said, yeah, I can make some chocolate sauce. And I was like, well, we can get some... Texas pecans, and I was. I told my mom, "Well, let's pull out all the different like preserve flavored things that we have. Sweet desserty, yeah. yeah. So we'll just put together a topping bar. But as the date neared, I became like, oh, who's going to want to walk up to a dessert bar in this situation? It's going to be too crowded. It's going to be sloppy. Ugh, this idea is just not coming to me. But that's a part of the understanding what's available and what, what are you going to be able to use and not use and making a shift at the end and being prepared like, okay, well, this is going to be some different. This cheese is not the traditional cheese that you would normally have for this right. type of dish. But we're going to use what we have, and it's what we do in our kitchen. Sure. Use what you have. I used the same cheese last night when we recreated some pizzas. We don't even have to go into it. I cut up some of the same vegetables from that same beautiful array. I grilled some onions. I grilled some squash. I grilled... And we just kind of buffeted some pizzas last night with all of that pre-prepared food. It was fantastic. But when I pull the pizzas out of the oven, and it's not all mozzarella-y, melty, what I expect at any pizza joint I go to... Mm Mm-hmm. There has to be a shift in your mind thought when you're using what you have. Right, exactly. So as the dessert unfolds, as the night comes, and I'm doing all of the things I know to do to manage mind, body, spirit for myself so that I can flow into the next day and have the most beautiful event, I haven't fully formed the topping, the local topping, the ice cream, the dessert. I haven't fully formed it, and I want it to be shiny, and I need some help. And I'm not even kidding you, like five seconds after I thought, I need some help, the thought came to me, oh, why don't we do boards, like a charcuterie board? Then I started thinking, well, what would be on a charcuterie board? Nuts and syrups and honeys and Jams and preserves. Right, jams, pickled things, meats, cheeses. What all do I have? And because alignment and perfect timing seems to work, We actually did end up getting some fresh blackberries from a local farmer. And then I thought, 
Oh, candied jalapenos. Yep, we got a farmer that makes candied jalapenos. I can put some of those on there. Oh, charcuterie bacon. We got to have bacon. <laughs> Joe! Yep. Y'all, this is 1030 at night. Joe, do we have any bacon? Yeah. How much? Not much. That's enough. Will you fry it for me? Yes. So these beautiful, amazing local topping ice cream boards came out and we had fresh spearmint and fresh flowers. Of course, people were overjoyed. What you did deliver, and we're going to post pictures of all of this stuff. <sighs> so much fun. Was gorgeous. With and the, the, with bowl the flowers. Of homemade ice cream made with yogurt and regular mm -hmm. milk. It was so delicious. Chef Prado made this so much fun. This great, amazing, delicious bowl of ice cream. I put bacon on my ice cream. You did? Yes. Oh my God, I'm so glad you did. There wasn't a lot of bacon left on those boards. Of course not. Yeah, it was a really, really good idea. And when fun. you're eating with chocolate sauce and uh -huh. some apple preserves, chef's kiss. And if that wasn't enough, even one more shiny thing, and that was a big, beautiful silver keg full of beer. That's right. My friend that I've recently met, Robert Chan, He's actually been homebrewing for about 20 years, he says, mm -hmm. and um, knows a lot about the fermentation process. And of course, you know, we like to talk about the fermentation process with the winemaking and the kimchi and all of the different things like that. And he came out to participate in the dinner and shared the homebrew, his most recent homebrew, and talked about what he's learned over his last 20 years of brewing with the crowd, and it was so well-received. I loved it. He brought a German-style Kolsch, and then he went into how all beers are classified into lagers or ales, and how the different yeasts and the different fermentation processes are used, and of course, my beer nerdness, I ate it all up with a spoon, mm -hmm. and I think it's just, again, taking sustenance, four simple ingredients in beer, mm -hmm. and turning it into art, and his Kolsch, which is not the style I go to normally mm -hmm. but a well-made beer is just a well-made beer and he and i tried to finish that whole half keg off it was actually funny listening to him talk because he talks about brewing beer the way i talk about gardening and i was glad to have him be a part of this now there was some talk with my dad about roasting a wild hog oh, because yeah. he has a, a roaster so I expect Well, he's talking that. about a full hog yes. on a spit yes exactly so i don't know when exactly that will be but I expect you to hear more about Robert Chan and his lovely wife, Sophia. Good Ingredients, stuff. concept, technique. Elevating all three. It's certainly what we like to talk about. And we love to learn doing it while we're learning how to do it. I had gone over yesterday morning to help with the final cleanup. And of course, my dad washed most of the dishes from the event, which they're so... I'm so thankful for oh, they're all. And I told your mom, you have to be, you have to look around at what this creation is and just be beaming with, you know, pride. And, yeah. and she said, of course, this is, this is the life that we want to live. She pointed up at a little sign that she has in her house, live within the harvest, yeah. live within the harvest. And if you think about that, that's exactly what it is. It's planting seeds of plenty and then taking in all of the abundance around you and having such an open heart about all of this abundance that's coming into you that you're able to create these masterpieces and push them out to the world in a way that they are so valued at this point that they can sell out within the hour. You have truly taken sustenance and turned it into art. I enjoy inspiring people to live the highest quality of life that they can on this journey. 
I asked you a question earlier this week and I didn't know what the answer would be. Hey, some friends of ours are having their anniversary and they said, hey, we're going to meet at this place for drinks around 8.30 or so if you might want to join us. And I almost assumed that you'd say no because we've really kind of embraced the idea of having our own fun at home. Except that I had just got my hair did and <laughs> Kai Shin had just got his hair did. And so you have to go out when you I get came, a new hairdo. I came home and you were dressed to go out. Mm-hmm. And the dog was dressed to go out. Mm-hmm. You're like, I want to go out and I want to take the dog with us. So mm-hmm. we came up with this fun idea and we haven't done this in so long. So mm-hmm. we can yeah. have like this bar snack hopping adventure as we go to meet some friends later. See, with me, like I don't ask for permission unless there's like an outright sign that says no dogs. If they've got an outside patio, I'm going to take my poodle purse into the patio with me and I'm not asking anybody's permission. Hopefully we can get our order in before his little head pops out and they realize <laughs> that we might be violating their policy. So anyways, this place has a patio and we were excited to be able to eat some delicious food. A place that we know has good cocktails and has some good food. I already knew that because I'd just recently been there and I could take my accessory with me. Um, It's been fun to go back to Yola. Now that agua chile dish that you got, that was a good first stop for a snack tour. Basically. Okay. So what I order when I go to this place is they make a really delicious, fresh guacamole and then this agua chile. And so when you get that and these big tostada tortillas that they bring out that are all crispy and delicious like chips, but big ones, you can actually combine because the agua chile is shrimp that's actually cooked in lime juice. Of course, it's got cilantro and peppers and serrano peppers and all that stuff in, floating in it too. Right. But it's not all chopped up like ceviche. It's not a. Uh-huh. It's not that. But it is cooked. In the citric acid of the, the lime. Citri- exactly. Uh-huh. And so when you've got the tostadas of the guacamole and then the shrimp in this delicious sauce, it's so good. It makes a nice little snack. I like. I could like drink the sauce. It's so good. And I enjoyed their Mexican martini. It's and fun. then of, it's always fun because there isn't anyone that passes the dog yeah. that doesn't want to interact with the dog. Right. So you get to meet a bunch of nice new people. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's funny. So yeah, we, we were making our pit stops around and interestingly enough, I guess because we kind of slow roll, uh-huh. everybody, it happened, like they were there. Like well, we, co- we weren't even... We were collecting people along the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And then we moved on to the next spot. The one thing I will tell you about that night and then some other things that have been brought up recently this idea that everybody's trying to like get back to normal fast so we're just gonna go out and do things like we used to we're gonna go out and be normal we want to get back to normal past experiences yeah. as we knew them that's what's funny about it to me the idea of like the word normal was weird to begin with and then the back back i don't want to go back why would i go back right so even the concept of hearing someone use the words back to normal i'm like no, why would I want to go back? And what's normal? I'm just not interested in it. And I see that happening out in the world. And it's been a it's been a big ongoing conversation about how fast are we going to get back to normal and a whole concept of people that just don't want to get back to normal. Normal wasn't good enough. And why would we go back to that? I think the getting back to normal conversation will come up again. I have said this before many, many times since the beginning of the pandemic, there are two roads and there are going to be people that are going to choose to go back to normal. And there are going to be people that are going to say, we're evolved past that now. 
we're grander, bigger, we're, we're moving on and we're doing great things now that are past that. So why would we want to go back to that? I think that 2021 and this period that we're in right now is a transitory evolutionary moment. Yes. And that a year from now, we will see a new normal as everyone that's trying to ascertain whether or not people want to go back to normal or have we moved past what that even could be. Well, there's no choice. It begins I mean, to no shake out problem. and begins to become more apparent of what that's going to look like. There's no problem with making the choice. Like, I want to go back to normal. No problem making any choice. Right. Exactly. 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 That's what we're saying. That's a part of the not going back to normal, which mm-hmm. is like normal would be like, I'm going to judge you for making the decisions that you make. And I don't want to go back to that. So I'm just going to say, let's go forward. And in the midst of going forward, some people may stay behind and that's okay. No problem. Well, on that note, let's go forward to table topics. Would you rather have everyone love you? These are difficult questions for you because you're just (laughs) going to break the rules. Of the two options I present, Mm -hmm. would you rather have everyone love you but hate yourself or the reverse? Everyone hate you, but you love yourself. Oh, that's easy. I would rather everyone hate me and me love myself. This is a difficult one for me. I know in my heart that you that is the correct answer. Why is it the correct answer? I also I you said know, there wasn't a correct answer and you would bre- I would break the rules and not answer the question. Well, no, because the breaking of the rules would be you saying, I will just have both, thank you very much. That there is no choice. But in oh, the it's interest- gonna, at the end of the day, if I love myself, everyone else is going to love me too. So See, that- that's the thing. That's the thing with this particular question. Right. The truth of the matter is, is the reason you hate yourself is because you're trying to make everyone love you. But if you love yourself, everyone will love you. And those that may not, it's okay if they fall to the side. They won't even be around. That's what I mean. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it over and over and over again. It's going to be one of those things that you hear. And that is where there is light, there can be no darkness. There cannot be darkness if there is light there. Think about it. I walk into a room, flip on the light. Is it dark in the room anymore? No. So where there is light, there is no darkness. So if I love myself, then it doesn't matter where the darkness exists because it doesn't exist around me because I love myself and I am love and everything around me is love and light. That's what I believe and it feels very, very good. The less I choose to hate myself, and it still happens, but the less I choose to hate myself, the easier and more beautiful and loving and joy-filled life is. And everyone around me loves me. And those that don't, don't matter. The question will also trigger in people, perhaps, the idea of pleasing people over oneself. The desire to be liked and how you pursue that. And that's certainly something that I have and do probably struggle with. That's why I was saying at the beginning, I know the right answer. Well, other people don't know the right but answer. But there's a struggle. I know, but the two of us are at the table. There's other people at the table. All right, we managed to do it again. What's that? I thought this was going to be a short episode this week, and no. That's because you never know what's going to be served at our dinner table. The Rainbow of Colors. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime... Hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. (laughs) 